Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. We're picking back up on basic training and continuing our episode um, titled Our History, and today we're going to call it Our History, God's Divine Plan. My beloved is here with me again today as we dive in and keep diving into the Word of God and preparing ourselves to be the the warriors of God that he is desiring in this time and season. And we're building that foundation so that we can walk with the Lord. We can run with him and understand what his will is, what his perspective is and what he's doing and be compatible with God almighty and the way that he wants us to. So welcome, honey. Thank you so much for being here today. (laughs) Thanks for having me, honey, honey. You're welcome. You're welcome. So our springboard scripture, again, is going to be Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 14. And the tools, again, I want you to get familiar with these tools and bookmark them in your laptop or on your phone if you are using um, your cell phone. And then also a tangible written Bible is important. Um, You need a notebook so you can take notes as we go through these lessons and so that you can write down what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit as he um, ministers to you because his voice is the most important voice. Um, We also have an online tool called blueletterbible.org. We talked about it in um, the previous episode, so go back and listen if you haven't done so already and go ahead and bookmark that so you can use that tool. It allows you to use a concordance and compare the King James Bible, but you can also, or King James translation of the Bible, but also other translations in there. But with the King James, you have the opportunity to use the Strong's concordance, which is helpful to see uh, what the words meant in the, the language that it was spoken in at the time and at the moment. However, the biggest and most confirming word, the only one that matters overall is what Holy Spirit is saying and then the proper context of Holy Spirit ministering his word because it does belong to him. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and start us off today, honey. Okay, well, let's start off with, you you mentioned Ephesians. Let's Mm -hmm. reread that just because the word is, as you said, the most important thing. And, And we'll gain some insight, right? You talked about our history. Well, in if you go to boot camp or any of those things, again, one of the first things you learn about is your history. And in your history, you learn the mission mm-hmm. and you learn about your heritage. Amen. So there is no, no confusion whatsoever as to what you're here for and what you, the, the unit, the, in this case, it's the kingdom of heaven, right? And what is our point and purpose in it? What we are called to do in and for the Lord in his kingdom as part of his family and the heavenly community. Amen. And you said something important there that I just want to highlight. Um, In boot camp, and that's military boot camp or basic training, depending on which branch (laughs) you've been brought up around or you've been a part of, um, you learn the mission, and that is the main focus. It's the core mission of Mm -hmm. the entire branch and that service of um, the military. Then from that core mission is where you draw each of the smaller missions, each of the individual missions that come forth. So every day you're not reinventing the wheel, coming up with something new to do and, you know, thinking and carving out your own path. 
Each subsequent mission is founded, hinged on, and anchored by the core mission. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. God's divine plan is our core mission. Why we are here, who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, and most of all, and most importantly, what God is doing, why he's doing what he's doing, so we can be a part of it. Amen. So, without further ado, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 14. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intentions, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen to that. Glory to God. So what we just read in Ephesians, and by the way, um, John is using the NASB (laughs) 1995 edition, which is another good translation of um, Bible to read. Um, Mm -hmm. It it is said to be one of the most accurately translated in its, um, like when you just open the Bible and read it, it's one of the most accurately translated um, versions of the Bible. So that's a really good, a really good version to use the NASB 1995. And you have to be specific with the year um, (laughs) because that's important (laughs) to that accuracy. So in what we read in Ephesians, God is describing and has revealed to the Apostle Paul his plan from eternity through time and back to eternity. Amen. And as we we go through the word, again, we're going to focus on what's God's focus because he is the one who sets the tone. He's the one who sets the dynamic. He is the creator. And so one of the first things that we have to understand as we go through the word is that humanity isn't the center of God's movement and action. Something else is. Honey, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, just in what is revealed in here, mm-hmm. it is the Lord's plan, mm-hmm. right? But let's understand this because, if you will, this is the what Paul is writing about in here is the plumb line that stretches from beginning to the end, Right. And it's righteousness and justice all rolled in. But the Lord's plan is his purpose, is his will, and it's his covenant to Mm -hmm. us. So if we can truly grasp this, then we should have a much easier time coming into alignment with everything the Lord has already 
planned, purposed, or predestined, as we just read, for us and what he's doing, both in the heavenly community, in heavens, and on the earth. Amen. Amen. And in order for us to grasp um, the depth of what's being said in the word of God and accurately perceive it, we first have to correct our thinking and realign our our viewpoint Mm -hmm. so that we have, um, if you will, first things first. So um, I'm going to ask you, what does plumb line mean so that our listeners can understand <laughs> what that term is? If they're not in construction or something of that nature, they may not understand that. So, so the plumb line is, um, is a, a tool used for construction, right? And it aligns. So, so there's, there is a, a, if you will, rope that goes on there. And typically that rope has chalk or something on it. Mm-hmm. And so it, you or the the person that is ensuring that things are level that mm-hmm. are set right in perfect alignment and that is both on a vertical and horizontal plane if you will right they'll do this multiple times but they'll this this rope this string this line that's on there that's coated in some kind of chalk has a mm-hmm. various colors on it with a weight at the bottom of it and that weight hangs down to ensure that it is the line is taut you know what i mean it is it's straight it's straight there's no you know there's it's not off on any way shape or form exactly and you'll typically see them pull the line and almost snap it against you know the wall to get hey this is an alignment if you will um they also then use levels and whatnot to ensure that it is both the person that is doing the plumb line and the line itself was straight. It was, you know, whether it's vertical or horizontal, it was done with complete accuracy. Nobody wants wavy walls, you know, in their, in their house or in the structure. Mm-hmm. And so the plumb line was and has been used to make sure that the entirety of the building or the, the structure that's being formed or put up remains true to the cornerstone. To the, the chief cornerstone, yes. Exactly. The The chief cornerstone is the one that everything is going to hinge off. It's mm-hmm. Everything's going to branch off from there. It's been lined. It's been measured. It's been um, leveled. It's been balanced. It's in the right spot. So the plumb line helps make sure, helps the builders make sure that they're staying true to that cornerstone, that Absolutely. chief cornerstone. So same thing with us. When we understand who our God is, it's easier for us to stay true to the plan that he has laid for the building of his house. And again, if you haven't had a chance, please go back and review the the key terms that were listed in the previous episode. So humanity is not the center of God's movement and action. Now, I know that probably goes against everything on the inside of you. You say, but Jesus loved me so much that he came to the earth and he died for me. And you're right, but he came because the father asked him. His love for you is there, but he really came because the father told him to come to the earth. Because this was a part of God's plan. What God is actually focused on is the restoration of his heavenly community. That is the family that's referenced in Ephesians, that the whole family gets its name. And that's Ephesians 3.15. The whole family in heaven and earth has a father. And the Lord is concerned with restoring the wholeness of his family. Because as of right now, we are separated. 
there's some of us in heaven and there's some of us on earth, but he's going to bring it all back into one <laughs> and remove sin and then finish things up so we can endure with him in eternity. So even though we're not the center, we are a part of God's movement and his action and we get the opportunity to cooperate. Heaven will not be complete without us that belong to Jesus Christ. And God is well aware of that. He wants to bring us back together in one. Um, another point to focus on is that when you're reading the word, when you're studying the word of God, you must always, always, always look to see what God's objective is in order to gain understanding. Um, placing the main thing as the main thing. Now, I know we are so used to being self-centered. And I, you know, I'm not being judgmental. That's just human nature. Human nature without Christ at the center is self-centered because there can only be one God, right? The Lord has already made that clear. You're going to love one and hate the other. And if mm -hmm. he's not ever at the focus of everything that you do and the center of everything that you do, then inerrantly you will put yourself there. Right. And even if you put an idol there, the idol is still about you. I made that with my hands and I know exactly what it is. I can hold it. I can contain it, et cetera, et cetera. So putting God's perspective and objective as yours, setting yourself to align with him is vital so that you understand the word of God correctly. Skewed vision makes God seem erratic and he's not. You know, there's many a times that you may think of God as mysterious and no one understands what he's doing, but that's not the truth. Because if you read through Ephesians and other places, Paul prays that we would understand Amen. the Father and the fullness of God would dwell in us richly so that we would understand the riches of the mystery. So God is not interested in us being in the dark because we won't agree with him if we have no understanding and he wants us to understand. Honey, did you have something you wanted to add there? Well, I think just going into, well, you we're talking about history and, and the mission and the vision, right? And the plan of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But there's much to, I'll say, get into with this. But ultimately what the Lord's doing, and you brought this up, is he is purifying the heavenly community. There is an eradication of sin. And in that, we have a choice to make. Will we live for God and be as he's our God and we're his people? Or will we be in opposition? Because mm -hmm. that is ultimately the covenant. So understanding what that is, and, and also in what we just read in Ephesians, there was a from eternity, as you pointed out, now we're in the, in the time, there's a timeline, mm -hmm. before we return back to eternity. Mm -hmm. So in this timeline is where you and I and everyone that's here in the earth at this point in time or that has come through had the opportunity to make a choice mm -hmm. to be for the Lord or to be in opposition to him. Amen to that. So we're about making a choice for ourselves that God is our God and we're his people or in the structure of the Lord created, he's our heavenly father and we're his children mm -hmm. or, or, and I'll say, and, mm -hmm. and to help others come to that place, right? The ministry of reconciliation. We're well, being Amen. reconciled back to the Father so we can rejoin him in the heavenly community mm -hmm. at the end of the time. Amen. That's the brief version, of, and there's much more to go into, mm -hmm. but understanding, again, the mission mm -hmm. and our heritage. Amen. Amen. So, again, 
<laughs> that's what God wants to do. Amen. Not what we think he should do, not what anything else is dictating, but what God wants to do. So we can tell that humanity is not the center of God's focus by the scriptures. And within the motivation of conforming to God's ways and plans and goals and all things. So when you start to think in the way of, Lord, I just want to do what you want. I want to see things how you see things. Mm-hmm. Amen and when you review the word of God, and as you study the word of God with that perspective, the word will start to come together for you. And I don't want to use the natural term makes sense, but it will connect itself and you will say, oh, there's there's the path that I can walk in and it will no longer seem unsteady under your feet. Um, having the right motives when you are approaching the word of God is important. I know that we're humans. I know that, you know, there's hurt, there's pain, there's disappointment. And we often want to look to the word of God to find comfort for ourselves. And, and I understand that. However, and understanding that our father has set an order. And when you look at the word, you will gain more comfort than just trying to find scriptures that say what you want to hear at the moment. You'll hear the heart of God (laughs) and then you'll be able to walk forward. And then also what will come with that is a shielding of your heart, your mind, your will and emotions, because they will take their rightful place being made subject by you to the will and the word of God. I hope that makes sense to you. If not, Send me an email, write and give me and ask me a question. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's important that our motive is just to know God so you can conform to him and be pleasing to him, not know him so you can get something out of him, not know him so you can stay out of trouble, not know him so you can avoid hell, but to know him just to know him so you can be pleasing to him. So let's look at Exodus 33 um, verse 13. And this is a popular, um, I say, section of scripture, but um, this is where Moses is asking the Lord to see his glory. But the reason why he's asking this is important because God is a, he is all about motives. He's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So people can say the same words. They sound on the surface to the, the uninformed hearer, the carnal hearer, that that's the same thing, but God can say, nope, I have nothing to do with one. And yes, one, mm-hmm. the other is approved. And that's because of the motive that's there. So Moses says in um, Exodus 33, verse, Verse 13, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And what he's saying there is show me who you are, God, why you do the things you do, what, how you think, what you feel, what you want so that I can be found pleasing in your sight so that I can walk in a way that doesn't offend you but that, uh, that pleases you and that lets you know how much I care about you. And, um, and we know how God responded by putting him in the cleft of the rock, covering him with his hands and letting Moses see his backside, um, his hind parts, because no one could see his face and live. And God's response to um, Moses's request is not just an exodus where he actually placed him in the cleft of the rock. You can see the demonstration. But if you read John chapter 14, verse 21, you'll also see Jesus declaring the same thing, that if you love Mm -hmm. me and you love the father, 
and you keep our commandments, we will come and manifest ourselves to you. We will let you know exactly who we are. And by we, I mean God, I, the Godhead is one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one, but each has a unique role. So keeping that in mind, making sure your motivation is correct when you study the word of God so that it'll come together. And that'll also help you to receive the word that we'll be teaching through these lessons and help you to understand it. God has manifold wisdom. One action from God can speak to and touch many layers, many things, many points in time, many people, all from one action. He can do a myriad of things. One word from God can touch a myriad of things. Um, when we did the keywords, my love, you brought up the lesson uh, or the, the reference, let there be light in Genesis. Amen. Yes. Amen. And we're still reaping the benefit of that word that was spoken. God is not speaking every day. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. He's not doing that. <laughs> he said it once and it is continuing to echo through time and it will remain until it is done away with. And the Lord is the light. Amen. And so the, and the let there be light was also, there's a little bit more depth to that. And we'll talk about that at another time, but the sun and the moon will no longer be providing lights. Jesus will be the light that lights heaven and all of sin will be thrown into the lake of fire and everything that causes a sin. Amen. Do you have any thoughts you want to put in there in my love? No, not, not right now. Let's just, I'll say, keep moving through this because there's much to get into with much depth, uh, especially just to understand. Amen. I'll say the purpose, but also the heritage. Okay. Um, so the next thing that we have to consider is there are some traditionally taught things about the word and about God that just aren't correct. And it's not out of malice. I don't believe anybody taught it out of malice or to usurp or to do anything um, unloving or ungodly, but it just wasn't understood. And that is one God working from one, from his one plan from eternity through time back to eternity. Sometimes uh, we've been taught if you've grown up in the church, that God was different in the Old Testament than he is now. He's a different God. Well, that's inconsistent with the Lord who says he does not change. And with um, Hebrews 13, verse 8, that says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And really what that's addressing is not action per se, but the character of God does not change. So his character will never alter from love. First John tells us that God is love. This is who he Amen. is. And he does not alter his character. He does not do evil and then do good because that's contrary. That's from the wicked one. And James tells us that there's no shadow or variation in turning in him. Um, so there's no good and bad God. There's no nice and mean God. He is a good God yesterday, today, and forever. And even back in Exodus, when he declared himself to uh, Moses and the children mm -hmm. of Israel, he is a good God. He has been merciful. And I, I know that in, um, I'll say, the theological circles, they say, well, he wasn't merciful back then, but he's merciful now. No, that's not true. He's always been merciful. And God is the judge. If you try to approach God with your mind, with the way you think it should be, you're wrong. He, and then you will accuse God, but you, I mean, that's everyone, that's all human flesh will accuse God because God doesn't line up with what you think he should be doing. Well, remember we're talking about God is 
the source. He's the one. He's the life. He's the way, the truth. He's the creator. So he is the one who sets the dynamic and everyone has to line up with him, not he who must line up with everyone else. So while while we're putting our perspective in the right order, while we're correcting our, our viewpoint to say, I'm not the center of your movement and your action. I'm a part of it, God. You've included me. I'm incorporated, but I'm not the end all be all. I'm not the, the center. Yes, darling. Well, if we could, let's go back to Exodus 33. Sure. Right. Moses asks that the that very specific thing, right? Let me know your ways. If mm-hmm. I have found, well, first he says, if I found favor, if I, if I have found grace in your sight, then let me know your ways, right? Mm-hmm. He, he knew there was a difference. Mm-hmm. But then the Lord's response is also very telling. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, of course, in there, uh, remember that these are also your people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which goes exactly what, the, the plan, the purpose, the will, the covenant with the Lord is that he's our God and we're his people. Mm-hmm. But the Lord says, oh, actually, Moses asks in verse 15 that his presence go with him and with the people. Mm-hmm. And then he says again, the reason being is so that they can be distinguished. Mm-hmm. And again, he says, if I found favor, then then do this. And then... The Lord said to Moses in verse 17, I will do this thing which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. And that's when then Moses asked for the for the glory. Now, you already brought up in John 14, but it also goes even to John 17, mm-hmm. where the Lord Jesus asks, our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ says, restore me to the glory I had with you. Well, this is the same glory that Moses is talking about. And asking to see. Mm-hmm. And his presence lives and dwells in us as, as you read those chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16 in the Gospel of John. So the consistency there with the Lord. And, and what did he say in those chapters? That the Father and I will live and dwell and abide in you if you abide mm-hmm. in me and you obey my words and my commands. And mm-hmm. so understanding, again, the bigger picture, it always put the Lord as the focus, even back then, mm-hmm. right? Like, if we will, in Moses' time and with the, the time of, of the children of Israel, even mm-hmm. in the wilderness, mm-hmm. it was that the Lord was the center Amen. of everything. So you, again, see the manifold wisdom and the consistency with the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He must be the center, not us. Amen. Amen. So that way our, our glass is clear, if you will. We're looking through a like a driving a car when you've got mud splashed on your windshield. <laughs> you don't see a whole lot, and you're driving with peril. <laughs> but when that windshield is clean, right, and it's spotless as it should be, you're able to drive safely down the road, and you can interpret what's coming to you accurately. You'll understand the road signs that are there. You'll understand the brake lights and all those other kind of things that aid to your travel. So likewise with God, he is the same God. So he has been working this one plan from the beginning. That's Genesis 1-1 mm-hmm. and prior to Genesis 1-1, right? Um, all the way to Revelation, the last word spoken, the end of the book, and everything is put into its respective category. Either you're coming into heaven re-entering the heavenly community (laughs) re-entering yeah that's right or you'll be thrown in the lake of fire you um as the the royal you as you say but the the person will be thrown into the lake of fire where the the each one individually mm -hmm. 
Each one individually has to make that choice. And if you will, whichever choice you make, that's also the Lord's final act of love. Mm -hmm. Letting you have what you have asked for. Amen. So God and his word are one. Jesus is the living word of God. So if you can't break Jesus into pieces, then you can't separate the word because it's telling one story. It's articulating, and I don't mean story as in a fictitious embellishment. This is truth and it's fact, but it's telling of one one mission, one tale, one story, mm-hmm. one recount, one account, one mind, and that is the mind of God. So if you try to break the word of God into separate, unrelated pieces, and you go, well, that was under the law, well, that was, you know, and I'm be be mindful of what I'm saying. I'm not saying we're under the law, but I'm saying if you try to separate Jesus out of it or to go, if this part of the word is irrelevant, you will miss God and you'll miss what the Lord is saying and doing. And then you'll misapply the word and it becomes hard to understand or see clearly God's heart in everything because he's been consistent yesterday, today, and forever. The one who was and who is and who is to come is always consistent. So keep that in mind. And we have to have the same conversation that God is having. That's imperative in communication. (laughs) If two people are talking and saying words, but they're not talking about... Parallel conversations don't work ever. Ever. (laughs) In the natural and much more so in the spiritual. We cannot have a different conversation and we are not the ones who set the conversation. Our Father... In heaven, hallowed be his name. He knows everything that needs to happen. He knows the time frame and he knows all things that will be done so that it can be done in excellence and according to his perfect will so that he gets the glory and then willingly shares that with us. So have the same conversation that God is having. So if man were the center, then God would have to be reactive. So everything that God does, if you believe what the word says in Isaiah, that he declared the end from the beginning, then nothing that God does is reactive. Like, oh, what do I do now? Oh my goodness, you know, smack my forehead. What am I going to do now? How am I going to fix this? So, uh, honey, do you have something you wanted to say? No, um, well, I'd say that we do need to get into explaining the history right the and and at least make the the listeners aware or these the up-and-coming warriors aware of the eternity through time Mm -hmm. and eternity right so foundational things are are key right (laughs) so absolutely so you know whether that's in this episode or or in in the next you know but going through and i'll say giving them an overview of what happened and why and you know uh going again into the mission and the heritage understanding why things are the way they are and what the lord is doing in and through that or had predetermined in his plan what to do long before it took place amen and i'm so looking forward to doing that and we're going to start talking about that the mission <laughs> on the next episode. Um, we are going to do the um, the lab section. So hold tight. We're running just a little bit. Um, you know, as we're walking with the Lord, I want to give you some more groundwork before we give out the, the question so that you can have a reference point. Um, so that episode will follow this one and um, we'll go over the assignments and then we'll start to get into the mission. Amen. 
Amen. So I'm so glad you were here. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. Um, We keep you lifted up before the Lord and we're praying for God's best in your life. And we absolutely value and appreciate and enjoy the honor of being a part of your walk with Jesus Christ. Something that's important to me that you know about this ministry, a day of prayer, is that we're not asking you to follow us. We want you to follow Jesus Christ. And we're saying walk with us or allow us to walk with you as we all move towards him. We are, we are always and constantly moving towards the Lord. So we just want to be a part of your walk with the Lord. So I'll be looking forward to meeting and connecting with you on the next episode. Share this with someone if you have the opportunity and remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.